plan for your life? Do you know where you want to go? Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success experts, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now. Well, hello, you party power people, (laughs) the PPPs. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We're brought to the airwaves under the auspices of Be the Star You Are charity, and we're coming to you live on the Voice America Network. This is the Empowerment Channel. I am your host, Cynthia Bryan, and I'm very excited this week because we are getting very close at Be the Star You Are to celebrating our 20th anniversary, the actual date, which is on September 9th. So that's really, it's just such a huge milestone. And I'm getting emails from lots of um, current volunteers as well as ones that are former volunteers just saying, wait, where did the time go? So it's very exciting. The Miracle Moment for today, brought to you by Be The Star You Are, of course, visit bethestarur.org, is from Buddha. When you realize how perfect everything is, you'll tilt your head back and you'll laugh at the sky. And even though I always say I don't believe in perfection, I only believe in excellence, I do think that, you know, we are living in interesting times and we can only strive to make it the best possible and to make the best better. So we have to do that. So what are we talking about today on Star Style? Well, we're going to talk about memory sharpeners. If you can recall facts, figures, birthdays, that is great. But I hear so many people sometimes saying, and they're joking, they're saying, oh, I must be getting Alzheimer's or maybe I have dementia. I can't remember where I put my keys or my sunglasses or my wallet, you know, all those different things. Well, maybe a few of these uh, memory hacks that we'll have for you today will help you out. Also, we live in a tech world that has helped us in so many ways. However, some of the unsavory aspects of connectivity might be the way that bullying has evolved. Social media sites, including Instagram, and maybe even more so on Instagram, have been plagued with nasty cyberbullying. And we're, a lot of people are wondering if it's time to pull the plug and go offline. I doubt if that's ever going to be an option now that um, we have launched the monster. You know, it could be the monster, it could be the master, right? It's whatever we decide it will be, but we'll be talking about that. And then also, sometimes when it comes to our landscapes, we crave manicured, organized, and very proper outdoor spaces. And other times, it's the chaos that controls and comforts us. So I am just going to welcome you into some controlled chaos in our landscape and explain to you how all of that can actually benefit you because it is uh, sometimes just better to go with the flow, let nature do its thing and be aware of one thing is that as humans, when it comes to nature, 
We are not in control. (laughs) Mother Nature will always have the last word, no matter what it is. So sharpening our memory. Now, the tips that I'm going to give you today are actually um, just are based on actual scientists and experts in the field who talk about how we can improve our memories. We have had um, experts on our on this show before who have written books and talked about it. And sometimes, you know, it's easy to um, to relate a picture with a thought. And other times it's hard. I know that a few years ago, I, I took a course in memory and I left it just kind of jumbled because the way that the quote unquote expert explained how he remembered everything was just way too confusing for me. I have too many things going in my going on in my life to try to, um, you know, do you know? You probably remember that you know Columbus sailed the deep blue sea in fourteen hundred in ninety three. No, see that's wrong, but that's what we do. It was um, Columbus sailed the ocean blue in fourteen hundred and ninety two. And that was his example, is that we should make poems about everything we want to remember. But the one that sticks out to me always is the Christopher Columbus, the one that can um, mess you up by a year. So let's get to a simple way for you, hopefully, to sharpen your memory and then to remember where you do have your keys and your glasses and your wallet or your purse or whatever. So one thing is has been um, is for certain uh, from all the scientific re- uh, research is if you have like a really long meeting or you've been sitting a lot or there's been something going on that is making you exhausted, get up and take a short, brisk walk right after it's over, and that'll help you remember what was covered. The um, research is suggesting that regular moderate exercise where you elevate your heart rate above 85 beats per minute for at least 20 minutes will help you maintain the health of neurons in the hippocamus. That's the portion of the brain that's responsible for forming your long-term memories. Also, misplacing your keys. There are some gestures that are suggested. Now, They don't really work for me, but maybe they'll work for you. So, for example, if before you set down your keys, if you hop on one foot and you're standing by a kitchen counter, then you will remember that if you hop on one foot and you stop by the kitchen counter, that your keys are there. Again, this hasn't worked for me, but this is something that um, locating items that you have misplaced the u.s memory championship and author of remember it uh, his name is nelson dellis that's one of the things that he suggests another a thing that uh, top memory athletes use a technique called um, the memory palace and yes there is such a thing as memory athletes so what that is is that you imagine a route through your home and you visit each area. So for example, you go through the front door, then maybe you have the living room, a dining room, the kitchen, a bathroom, you know, bedroom, second floor, whatever. But every time if you if you look at your house and you look at it in the same order every time, then what you can do is you can recall a list of errands 
and imagine the errands that you have to run or the errands that you do as being in certain rooms. So maybe if you have to go pick up dry cleaning, you think of dry cleaning as at the front door. Um, If you are depositing checks, maybe you look at your checks as being in your office. Or if you have to go and get a prescription, maybe that's in your bathroom. And you keep doing that, you know, throughout the different rooms. So if you want to recall the list later, you just think of that quote-unquote memory palace, and then you mentally navigate that same path, and then you can pick up the images that uh, you have already decided for that. Because, you know, what they're saying is that our brains actually... Uh, can remember images more than words. So that's why these brain experts or these these memory athletes, they assign images. And they also say to make it weird. In other words, our brains are really good at remembering the pictures. So instead of trying to remember the day-to-day essentials, you know, as names, to-do lists, passwords, and so forth, just by brute force, you could turn them into pictures that you visualize in your mind's eye. Now, again, I don't think this works, especially for passwords. I mean, passwords to me are my nemesis. How many passwords do we have for however many different things? And then you have to change them every few months. And then it's the capitals and the lowercase and all the extra numbers. (laughs) And you end up like, how, how do you picture it? But what the experts do say is that by turning things into pictures, you visualize what you need to remember in your mind's eye. And the more bizarre or over the top the image is, the better your brain is going to recall it. Now, an example that the experts give is if you remember, if you have to remember to pick up milk on your way home from work. You don't want to just say to yourself, grab a gallon of milk, because unless you write it down and put it on a sticky note, you know, on your car, you might forget it. But if while you're thinking about it, you imagine something like your car stuffed to the brim with gallons and gallons of milk and the milk rushing out the windows, even though this is like such a crazy image it is more likely to stick in your brain and be ready for recall later. The next thing that is, uh, that is recommended to sharpen your memory is to put your things on repeat. I think it's like practice, practice, practice. Unfortunately, our brains are really designed to forget because we have so many things going in. We're just a little computer. So the best way to hold on to something indefinitely is to review it and to review it and to review it and then to review it again. I kind of think about college days when you tried to cram for an exam. You might be able to recall it for the next day at the exam, but a week from then you're not going to remember it. So if you really want to remember something and commit it to memory, just try memorizing a few things in, um, at a time in one fell swoop. Um, but just a few things and then spend a few minutes every day reviewing what you, 
just remembered the day before and then add something on to it. So maybe do it over um, a, a span of five or six days. You end up spending the same amount of time as cramming, but you're going to retain the information much longer because you're giving your brain time to rest and revisit. And, uh, you know, I think about that again as far as exams and things, especially classes I took in college, which are a number of years ago. The classes that I really, really loved and I savored, I would study a little bit every day and I wouldn't just cram for them. And I still remember so much from most, you know, a good majority of those lessons. Whereas classes that I cram for, I don't even remember the name of the class. The next thing is something we talk about a lot, and that is getting some sleep. you got to catch those Zs. A good night's rest has long been equated with memory retention and with optimal brain health, as well as optimal health in general. And recent studies show that even napping can help you bolster your memory because your your experiences actually consolidate while you're sleeping. And eight hours a night is actually the standard bearer. Now, we know that you can get six to nine, but eight is always what has been recommended and is is supposedly the best for you. And when you start getting eight hours of sleep every day, you start seeing a real difference. There was a 2016 study from the University of California at Riverside that um, had several participants partake in a 90-minute midday nap. And what was interesting about it, they were better able to retain information and tackle creativity challenges than those who didn't take a nap. Now, of course, most of us are working during the day. I would love to take a 90-minute nap, <laughs> but I don't. it wouldn't be possible. <laughs> I'm just lucky to get some sleep at night, right? And I'm sure most of you out there are like that, although I'm really striving for that seven, seven to eight. But if you can even take a quick 20 minutes of shut-eye, that will send the brain into some REM sleep and help you preserve your memories. And again, the key is is that you want to get that REM sleep. That is the most important thing. So that is just a little bit of information on how to sharpen your memory. Now, coming up on September 9th is the 20th anniversary of Be The Star You Are. I am so very excited about this milestone. And although we are not doing a gala this year, mostly because we, um, we just we didn't have the money to put on a gala, unfortunately. But we're hoping that you will want to do um, something like make some kind of donation or something or get involved with Be The Star You Are to help us celebrate. Now, small donations make a really big difference. $25 will distribute five new books. $50 donation will give us the ability to send out 12 new books. And $100 will allow us to ship 28 new books. Now, who are we shipping these to? Well, if there is a disaster or tragedy happening in the United States, we have Operation Disaster Relief. 
We are also working with um, foster kids. We just provided books for a foster camp. We work with kids at risk. We work with hospitals. We work with shelters. And we do donate books to uh, organizations that contact us and let us know who their population is of women, families, or youth that are in need. So this is our great goal, is to get literacy out there. Now, what you're going to be seeing soon, because we're very excited about it, is we have a new logo that is being designed by one of our volunteers, Justine, who is an artist, as well as... um, Many other things, she's just really, she really likes the nonprofit world and she wants to make a difference. And so uh, we have a new motto that we are toying with. And that motto is communicate, collaborate, and innovate. And we want to add to that after we're all done, then we want to celebrate. So the reason that um, we are adding this to our Read, Lead, Succeed, to be a leader, you must be a reader, is because of our radio shows, both this show and Express Yourself Teen Radio that airs on Sundays at 3 p.m. right here on Voice America Network Empowerment Channel, we are communicating positive messages. That is one of our key missions of Be The Star You Are, is to communicate positive media messages and get other people having positive conversations. Collaborate. We collaborate with you, with our radio networks, with the Reading Tub, with many organizations, with our volunteers, with businesses, with the beneficiaries, because our goal is to innovate. And we're constantly looking for new ways that we can serve the communities, and our country. So make sure to take a visit to bethestarur.org and to our creative community at btsya.org and see how you might want to get involved because we think that you will really enjoy um, working with Be The Star You Are. We are small yet mighty, and we're very particular about the, t- the types of people who join our galaxy of stars. So, again, bethestarur.org and btsya.org. So we're going to go to a very uh, quick break, and when we come back from that, we'll talk about taming the chaos don't go away you're listening to star style be the star you are my name is cynthia bryan and we're coming to you live follow us on twitter for more great ideas at voice america empowerment are you seeking a dynamo speaker for your meeting conference or organization internationally recognized keynote speaker and new york times best-selling author and lifestyle coach cynthia bryan will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world, lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR, 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR and visit www.cynthiabryan.com 
When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan, www.cynthiabryan.com. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryan, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business is calling out. Well, hello again. We are back, and now we're going to do some digging deep with me, the goddess gardener, because we're going to talk about controlled chaos, because there is only one certainty in the garden, and that is that a garden is never finished. Gardens evolve. They change. They mutate. They metamorphose. A landscape that was once very ordered and manicured quickly turns into a tangled jungle without ongoing maintenance, but with some tender loving care, one can control the chaos to create a masterpiece. Now, the longer I garden, the more I enjoy the whimsical. What appears at first glance to be an imperfect arrangement is often the most excellent of combinations. You know, mixing the hydrangeas with the nystergiums and the hucheras, it adds an element of awe and wonder. Discovering a vintage stone angel sitting on top of a plow's disc, praying over the naked ladies, the roses, the salvia, the dried nigella, and the, and the silvery leaves, it invites one to pinch a stem to smell the licorice plant. Wandering in a meadow filled with daisies, coneflowers, and perennial sweet peas, you know, reinvents, rejuvenates the spirit. Uh, Yes, I have embraced the controlled chaos of nature. Several years ago, as an experiment, I planted wisteria, grapes, and pink bower vine on a pergola on my back deck to see which of these three specimens would dominate. I was absolutely sure that one would choke out another, and I actually thought it would probably be the wisteria because wisteria can be so invasive. But to my amazement, instead of choking one another, they have tangled together, creating this beautiful year-round interest. The wisteria blooms in spring and maintains green leaves until winter when it drops its leaves. The grapevines leaf out in spring, then they bear some edible fruit in the fall, then they change the leaf color to these gorgeous reds and and saffron colors when the weather turns cold, and then, of course, grapes are just have the bare bark for all the winter months. Now, the pink bower vine, um, you know, au contraire, is perennially green. And it displays these very pretty rose-colored petals with a deep cherry center from early summer until late winter. And what we deemed to be a mismatch of plants resulted in just this happily married and visually pleasing grouping. And they all have learned to survive and get along. 
So that was really quite an exciting experiment for me, even though it might be a little bit chaotic to look at. (laughs) On my hillside, I have a mangle of chartreuse euphobia, and it is intermingled with some striped pink morning glory. Now, the chaos is really palpable, but it's stimulating. I have a friend who has this spectacular garden, and uh, it is really an exemplary model of what excellence looks like in a controlled landscape chaos. Around every corner, you're greeted with a capricious element. You can stroll along Surprise Avenue, be on the lookout for a locomotive in the ivy. You can giggle at the numerous street signs that line the path. He even has uh, these electric, well, they used to be Pacific Gas and Electric, those glass bulbs that you would put on top of the um, the poles, or maybe it was telephone company. Yeah, it was, I think it was telephone company and not electric company. The telephone Uh, bulbs and he has a a big just a whole pathway of them and he's lit them all up so you know creativity and enchantment reign when you invite the unexpected into your garden planning now once you've controlled the chaos that's when you can look up and laugh and enjoy the rest of the atmosphere So I have some um, end-of-the-month gardening tips for August. We are at the end of the month, but these are some things you can do in the next couple of weeks, so August, September. You know, because it is very, very warm out, it's really necessary to keep an eye on your containers and on your yard. You're going to have to water, water, water. If you see drooping leaves, it is time to get those sprinklers going or to sprinkle by hand. In hot weather, you might even have to water daily. And that's a hard thing for us here in California because um, water is so very expensive. Maybe it is in your part of the country as well. But if you have a garden, it is far less expensive to keep it watered than to let it die and then to have to replant when you're ready to have a garden. You can add pea gravel, decomposed granite, or spaced stepping stones planted with creeping thyme in the gaps, and that will make a permeable path, and it'll have a very pretty Mediterranean appearance. Herbs have been just at their height of brilliance in the last few weeks, and so you may want to store some or um, save some for winter, so there's a few ways you can do it. You can store herbs by drying them, by hanging the stems upside down. If you have a cool, dry place like a garage, and some place that's dark is better, um, that works well. Otherwise, you could also um, freeze the herbs, and that would be just put them in a Ziploc and just stick them in the freezer just as is. Or if you wanted to make some instant soup flavoring, What I've done before is you chop the herbs up finely, and this can be any herbs. It can be basil, oregano, thyme, sage, uh, rosemary, fennel. It doesn't matter. Chop them finely, and then add the herbs to an ice tray with a small amount of water and freeze them. And what you're going to get is you'll get these uh, cubes that have all these herbs in it that have water in it. And all you have to do is when you're making a soup, 
is to add one or two cubes in and then you're going to have your flavoring for your soup. So you could actually have, uh, if you have those instant, you know, those ice trays, you could actually design different flavors for different kinds of soups. So if you want something that's really savory and has all the herbs in it, or you just want one or two herbs, so you might want to even label them. But I think that's a real fun idea, and it's very easy. If you're having dandelions that are in your garden or lawn, as long as you have not used insecticides or pesticides, just dig them out, and then you can add them to salads, soups, or dandelion leaves, even the flowers, are really good in stir-fry. Now, when it comes to digging out dandelions, you have to go really deep. They have a taproot that can go down, you know, 10 inches or so. And if you don't get the whole thing, you're not going to be able to get the um, to get the dandelions. They'll just come back. And, you know, just like when we were kids and we used to call the dandelion flowers when they would go to the that little fluffy thing, we'd blow them because we'd call them angels. Those are all seeds. And every time you blow something like that, darn it, you are going to get a thousand more dandelions. So you don't want to do that. Establish a wildlife habitat in your garden or your yard by providing food, water, shelter, and sustainability for the wandering and flying critters. I mean, there are so many butterflies and bees and hummingbirds and uh, frogs and lizards and all kinds of critters out there that probably could use some of our help. So if you get a small a saucer, and what I mean by a saucer, I mean, even if it's a plate, if you just have a plate, that's fine, or anything that would you put under a pot, you can use those for a variety of things. You can put a little bit of water in it so that these um, insects and, and other uh, creatures can get a drink of water when they're thirsty without drowning. You can also put some little food in there too, especially for birds. You could put bird seed. And speaking of bird seed, if you are a person that likes to feed the birds and you keep wild bird seed around, you if you're keeping it, no matter where you're keeping it, bird seed will attract rats and mice. And I don't know, they just smell it from a mile away, I think, and it will attract it. So the best way to keep birdseed is in a metal container. If you have one of those, or you can find one at a flea market, those old-fashioned, um, what were they called, ice chests. Yes, those old-fashioned ice chests that were actually made out of aluminum. Those are great because you can put the birdseed in there, and that's what I do. I have one of those that I've had for years, and I just keep birdseed in it, and the, nothing can eat their way into it. They cannot get into it. If you've ever bought, you know, like caramel corn or that popcorn at Christmas that came in those tins, that's another great uh, thing. Anything that's a big tin or aluminum that you can put that the animals are not going to eat their way through. Unfortunately, you know, all kinds of recycle bins and anything that's made out of plastic Rats just love it, and they can eat right through it. So you're not going to be able to keep it in there. But that will keep uh, the rats and the mice away. This is the time to plant seeds of beans, carrots, radishes, and beets uh, for a second crop if you want to harvest in the late fall. Now, 
with that being said, um, I just had somebody send me a picture of a bunch of seed packets and said, what do I do? And the thing about it is, is that whatever you're going to plant now, because it's still summer and it's still hot, you're going to have to keep it uh, regularly watered. So if you are fine with watering every day and keeping these seeds well watered, go ahead and plant. Otherwise, you may have to, you know, just forget about it for a while. Now, if you have bird baths and fountains, it's important to flush them regularly because you have to maintain some fresh drinking water for our feathered friends, and you want to repel any mosquito larvae from hatching. It only takes a couple of days for mosquito larvae to hatch in any standing water, and they can hatch in just small amounts of water. And where they come from, I have no idea. I guess a mosquito flies you know, you don't even see it. It flies in. It, it lays its eggs in the water. And within a couple of days, you have thousands more mosquitoes. So we don't want mosquitoes around. They are dangerous. They carry diseases. And um, we have to keep the water clean. So if you don't have a recirculating pump on a fountain and you just have a bird bath or you have standing water, you, you know, flush it out, change it, get rid of it, well, one of those things. But that's the only thing you can do to keep the mosquitoes away. Pinch your zinnias and chrysanthemums to encourage bushier blooms. Now, chrysanthemums aren't blooming quite yet, but they will be soon. Zinnias are in full bloom. But if you want to get bushier plants and lots more blooms, I know it seems counterproductive, but you do have to pinch off some of the blooms and then you'll get more. It's again, um, like the deadheading, it's like cutting your hair and cutting the dead ends off, but it does encourage more flowers. If you're going to wash your car and you want to save water and you're not in an area that is forbidding you to actually wash your car... If you have a lawn, drive your car onto your lawn. Be careful, obviously, if you have any sprinkler systems. And um, wash your car with a biodegradable soap. And it's, it, actually, it actually works out really great because what it does is your car will get clean, your lawn will benefit from the extra soaking, and so it's sort of a, a win-win. And that biodegradable soap will just go into the soil and it will um, degrade there. So it's a good thing to do. Watch out for any errant sparks if you have fire pits, barbecues, candles, tiki torches. It is fire season and will be fire season until the rains start. Now, last year, as we know, one of the worst California fires didn't happen until the middle of November. And October and November just tend to be high fire danger. So it is so much fun. I mean, I love cooking and eating outside and barbecuing and fire pitting and all that stuff this time of year because the weather is so nice in the evening. You, you can sit outside and you can dine outside and all of that. But if you have any open fires or any sparks, you've got to be really, really careful no matter where you are. School is back in session, so we have to drive carefully, too. Um, one of the things that's kind of fun, if you are someone that packs lunches or snacks for your children, is to ask your kids what fruits and vegetables that they like to eat as snacks. 
And then make sure that sometime, you know, that you start planting these things in your garden. Kids are more likely to eat and enjoy things that they grow themselves. So, in fact, you can put them in charge of that garden or in charge of that tree or in charge of whatever it is that you're going to plant. And I think that you'll find that uh, that everybody will be um, be quite happy. Now, what's ripe right now here in Northern California, and I know it varies throughout, but we have an abundance of apples. Now, there are different varieties of apples that are going to ripen from now through the end of November. So this is like prime apple season to make apple juice, apple cider, bobbing for apples, apple pies, kind of apples, apples, apples. In fact, tonight I'm going to do some baked apples. Also, pears are ripe at the moment, and they're delicious cut up in salads. Um, Santa Rosa plums and beautiful French prunes are ripe. Tangerines, limes, lemons, and some of the oranges, not the navel oranges, but uh, some Washington oranges are also ripe right now. In some areas, you're still getting peaches. Different kinds of peaches are, are ripe and ready. So pick some of those and incorporate what's fresh. Now, vegetables, of course, tomatoes, peppers, cucumbers, zucchini, lettuces of all kinds, eggplant, um, Let's see, what else? Oh, beans, beans, those are all perfect now. So it's kind of great if you can eat in season, you'll be healthier for it. So consider trying to eat in season, you'll like it so much better. The flavors will be just full and and robust. And you're going to, um, you know, you can just wow your family and your friends just with stuff that is fresh. And if you don't grow it, Farmers markets are carrying these nice fresh things right now, and it's and what you could do is can or freeze some of these uh, nice things for winter. Like I am a tomato snob. I won't eat. I won't buy a tomato unless I've grown it or somebody else I've grown has grown it. And of course, we can only grow tomatoes in the summer here, so I only eat tomatoes in the summer. So I'm eating a lot of tomatoes. Now, send your kids off to college if you have kids going to college with a potted plant. Because what that does, it's going to clean their air, provides more oxygen for them, uh, oxygen for the brain, and it brings a bit of the outdoors in. And then um, just embrace the controlled chaos of your garden and enjoy what I call the perfection of imperfection. Just enjoy nature as it's meant to be. So go for a walk in nature today. So happy gardening. Happy growing and enjoy these final days of August. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. We're coming to you live on the Voice America Network. This is the Empowerment Channel. And we are brought to you by Be the Star You Are Charity, celebrating its 20th anniversary of serving communities and our country. So for more information, visit BeTheStarYouAre.org. I'll be right back. Don't go away. Be the star you are, the star you are, be the star you are. Change your world, change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Business Bites, here's Cynthia Bryan. 
let's turn mistakes into performance. Mistakes are inevitable. It's what you do with them that matters. So here's an acronym from Falling Forward that helps keep mistakes in perspective. Use the M, messages that give us feedback about life. The I is interruptions that should cause us to reflect and think. The S, signposts that direct us to the right path. T, tests that push us toward greater maturity. A, awakenings that keep us in the game mentally. K, keys that we can use to unlock the next door of opportunity. E, explorations that let us journey where we've never been before. And S, statements about our development and our progress. Look for ways to praise your team members' mistakes and turn them into opportunities to help the team learn from them today. You may end up realizing that mistakes are often more valuable than that quote-unquote perfection. Remember, you're the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business bite from Star Style. For more information, visit CynthiaBryan.com. That's Cynthia Bryan, Bryan with an I, dot com. Be the star you are, the star you are. The annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over $225 billion. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax-deductible contribution to Be the Star You Are charity. A top-rated nonprofit, Be the Star You Are promotes positive role models, produces positive radio broadcasts, and donates positive books to empower women, families, and youth. Be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars. Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376. 376 Moraga, California 94556 Be the star you are dot org Dare to care You are the star Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business is calling out. Well, we are back. Thank you for listening to me. This is Star Style. Be the star you are. I am your host, Cynthia Bryan, and we're going to switch it up to technology now. So we've gone from sharpening our brains to controlling the chaos of, uh, of nature, or not controlling it, I suppose. And now we're going to do some technology. And this one is, we're going to talk about bullying, because it's such a big deal, and it, it makes me very sad, and I'm just hoping that it, um, that it all just, you know, doesn't go away, but we could stop the bullying. Because social media platforms, they're being blamed for a lot of the problems, and they're under pressure to demonstrate that they can police themselves. Um, Instagram, for example, has declared war on bullying, and they said that they're in a pivotal moment, and they want to lead the industry in this fight. For any of you who have seen the TV series um, 13 Reasons Why, it's now in its second season, 
uh, I had the privilege of working on it um, this past year on a few days. And funny enough, the other night I was watching season two and there I was. So what I thought I was working in season one, but I was actually working in season two. Um, it, it really profiles the effects of bullying and social media and what it is doing to teenagers today. And it is a logical step for the tech industry to start getting on board to fight the fight because young people have become glued to all the apps. And bullying has become to Instagram and Facebook and to other platforms, what fake news is obviously on Facebook and what trolling is to Twitter. And it's an unstoppable ill that users endure in order to be where everyone else is. Now, by one estimate, nearly 80% of teens are on Instagram and about 50% of those users say that they've been bullied on the platform. And I find that incredibly sad. But more more broadly, bullying on sites has been linked to self-destructive behavior. And this is what we really have to combat. Because with um, extensive research that's going on, Instagram, for one, is rolling out some new features. And they're changing the company protocol. And everything has bullying in mind. But it's a fight that's tangled at the front lines because there's plenty of possibilities for collateral damage. You go after bullying too aggressively and then you might risk alienating users at a time when the company is a bright spot of growth for Facebook. But if you don't do enough, you're going to get the accusations of placing profits over the protection of people. So, you know, it's a what they call a technical Everest to climb. Creating artificial intelligence to combat bullying means that we have to teach machines to master an evolving product and an evolving problem with very complex nuances. Instagram has to be wary of free speech issues as the engineers create tools that optimize um, the way that we find things and they, they can't suppress things that they shouldn't. So, you know, of course they're worrying that if they overstep they, you know, it could be as dangerous as doing nothing. But I think that nothing trumps the need to keep the platform civil. They have to make decisions that mean people might use Instagram or other technology less, but people are going to be safer. Now, Facebook obviously stands to profit from every hour people spend on Facebook or on Instagram. And if those who associate additional safety measures with constriction go anyplace else, then revenues are lost for those particular platforms. So is a company's financial interest going to take precedence over the safety of the people who are using it? You know, I think that you don't do it at your own risk because it could hurt the reputation of the companies it could hurt the brands it could hurt partnership relationships could become more difficult and there could be just a lot of strain if they're not taking and addressing the issues on the platform so it's obviously a real cost to technology and they're going they're we're, they're working steadily to um, to fix it and to make it a kinder 
more gentler place. But it's easier said than done because when engineers want to teach a machine to perform a task, they have to start by building a training set. And what that means is they have to do a collection of material to help the machine understand the rules of its new job. And in this case, it starts with human moderators that they have to sort through hundreds of thousands of pieces of content and they have to decide whether it contains bullying. And then they have to label them and then they have to feed examples into what is known as a classifier. And that absorbs them like, you know, a preternatural police dog (laughs) that's set loose to sniff out the material. And of course, those initial examples can't cover everything that a classifier encounters in the wild. But as it flags content and as human moderators assess whether that was the correct call, it's going to learn from the additional examples. And ideally, with the help of engineers tweaking the study habits, it's going to get better over time. Now, there are three bullying classifiers um, that are scanning content right now. And this is, I'm going to just relate what's on Instagram. So one is trained to analyze text, one is trained to analyze photos, and one analyzes videos. They're live, and they're flagging content by the hour. Yet they're also in the pretty early stages of doing this, and they're still missing a lot of bullying. And the reason that it's so challenging compared with training a machine, for example, to seek out content, you know, like nudity or pornography, is that it's so much easier to recognize when someone is in a photo not wearing their clothes than it is to recognize the broad array of behavior that might be considered bullying. So studies of cyberbullying are varying widely in their conclusions on how many people have experienced it. So so on the low end, it says 5%. The high end is 72%. And that's in part because nobody agrees exactly on what bullying is. What makes bullying so hard to tackle is that the different definition is different to every single person. And engineers need to have a clear sense of what qualifies and what doesn't in order to build a solid training set. Now, the bullying is changing over time also. There's plenty of what might called uh, might call the old-fashioned bullying. Um, that is, you know, nasty comments, insults, threats. Those are the most common. And those are probably the easiest to catch. But in the text classifier, for example, it has been well-trained to look for strings like, you know, you ugly tooth-gapped witch with a B, or, you know, your daughter is a slag. But slang changes over time and across cultures, and catching aggressive behavior requires comprehending full sentences, not just key words. So one of the, um, the examples they give is, what's the difference between, I'm coming over later, Or, I'm coming over later no matter what you say. So, I'm coming over later could be a friend just saying, hey, we're going to get together, you know, after the radio show. And, I'm coming over later no matter what you say could be somebody who is stalking or bullying. So, the problem is that users are finding themselves victimized by bullies who go beyond words. There are hate pages. There are anonymous accounts that are dedicated to impersonating or mocking people. A, you know, a boyfriend or girlfriend might tag an ex in a pose in a post that might show him or her with other people. Or somebody might tag a friend in a post 
and pointedly exclude somebody. Or they could use the red marks and X out somebody's face. Some teens have been embarrassed by photos and videos of themselves that were shared without their consent. Or what about, you know, finding themselves the subject of the hot or not, which is something that Mark Zuckerberg did when he was a Harvard undergrad on his pre-Facebook website that he called Face Mash. So that's kind of bullying, but there's nothing that is super easy when it comes to identifying what bullying is. Now, we have to find some broad working definitions of bullying in a content intended to help it. So we have to find out if, if bullying, if it's, a, if it's going to harass or shame, then if it's broken down into any subcategories of insult, shaming, threats, identity attacks, disrespect, unwanted contact, betrayals. So the grand plan is to build artificial intelligence that can understand every concept. And it's much more costly from an engineering perspective but it's better at working at the problem. And as Instagram improves its definition of bullying, the company is going to set some new standards for using artificial intelligence to squash it and develop practices that other uh, platforms can adopt. And in the meantime, I think that all of us, we have to just look at kindness because Technology didn't invent bullying. It's a problem essentially anywhere that people, when they congregate, they do. And now they're doing it online. And as a society, we're failing to teach our kids how the Internet works before setting them loose on it. So we have to really give them the information that they need because bullying um, can be waged anywhere. And But there has to be... Um, people that are doing it. And, you know, I just want to say one thing about impersonating others is I actually had a, um, a LinkedIn request yesterday from a person who claimed to be the CEO and, and owner of Be The Star You Are Charity and um, the author of books. And it was very odd because I was like, what? Uh, There is no CEO and owner. I'm the founder and executive director. It's an all-volunteer charity. We don't have any employees. And I went to this person's LinkedIn. And um, sure enough, she she actually had taken part of my name. And she claimed to um, be the main person in charge. So we have to be careful. I've obviously uh, notified LinkedIn, and we'll see what happens. But thank you for being great listeners, and this is our show for this Wednesday. I hope you'll be with me next Wednesday and every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific. You can change your life and make your dreams come true. For more information about Be The Star You Are, visit btsya.org. To get information about Cynthia Bryan or Star Style Productions, visit CynthiaBryan.com. I always strive to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate you. want you to get reading books because literacy will help you be a leader. And until next week when we celebrate once again, remember that love always wins, kindness prevails, and smiles will keep us happy. I'm Cynthia Bryan for Star Style, thanking you and encouraging you Be the star you are. Be your unapologetically authentic self. Do not bully. Be kind. And we'll be together next week. Thank you. Be the star you are. 
pleasure bringing you our life-changing program star style be the star you are we have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire inform entertain and motivate you to be the star you were born to be for more information visit starstyleradio.com and to make a donation to the charity go to be the star you ignite the flame that burns brightly within Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are.